Welcome to Nourish by Spinneys, the podcast which promises to inspire you to eat well and live well. I'm Tiffany Eslick. And I'm Devina Devecha. Welcome to a space where we hope to nourish your heart and your soul. On this show, we chat with leading players in the food community, from farmers to foodies, as well as health and well-being experts. It's all about engaging conversations and fresh ideas. Today, we're chatting to Zara Abdullah. Now, Zara wears many hats, and I'm always in awe of this woman. She's a wife, a mom, a recipe developer. Um, she's had a TV show. She's a cookbook author. And recently, she started her own line of food products. She's also a Spinney's brand ambassador and has had a regular column in our magazine, Nourish, for years. So I actually knew about Zara from my food blogging days when I found out about her work. Um, she's actually one of the OG food bloggers back when we used to be called Fudarati Arabia. Who came up with that name? I am going to just say it's a group endeavor and that's all there is to it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she has such an interesting background. I mean, I just learned something new every day about her. Her latest endeavor is a book project that's coming out in the next couple of weeks. And this has been done in partnership with Emirates Litfest. So it's one of the most uh, exciting and the most intrig intriguing projects I have ever worked on. Um, I am in general very much a yes person. And sometimes I just dive into things without really thinking about what it means and what how it can affect me or the people around me. Um, so in the beginning of, actually it was May of last year, I was approached by Emirates Litfest to host some cooking workshops as part of their social outreach program for the inmates of Dubai Correctional Facilities. And um, I said, sure, I, I don't mind uh, contributing this part of my time for some, you know, CSR activation, kind of giving back. Um, and so it took a couple of months back and forth because, as you can imagine, uh, there's a lot of safety and security concerns. Um, this type of project, I think, only Emirates Litfest can pull off to be able to go into a very high secure facility and to be able to do what we did was pretty incredible. So it took a couple of months of planning um, and we finally were able to schedule four days. And uh, my team and I, in addition to Emirates Litfest team, uh, and of course, in collaboration with Dubai Police, uh, hosted four four workshops, two in the men's prison and two in the women's prison. And in each uh, prison, we um, we hosted uh, a cooking. I hosted a workshop in both English and Arabic, so that we could make sure that all nationalities would have access to this opportunity. This 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 workshop. And what were you doing in the workshops? Were you cooking and demonstrating? Were you getting everybody involved to help cook? Uh, what were you making? So before we actually finalized the workshop, the idea of the workshop evolved from just being a you know a random one day walk and doing something as a, a, a as a outreach program or outreach activation to let's publish a book, let's share the stories of the inmates. I think I think what was the primary focus about this project was that there's a lot of taboo when you hear um, the word prisoner or you hear some that someone was in prison. And you 
so the the whole the whole idea was we need to change the language used when referring to the inmates. We don't call them prisoners. We call them inmates. We don't call say that they're in prison, but they're in a correctional facility. Yeah. And I think that in itself, as a title, correctional facility, implies that there is a space of redemption. There's a space of moving forward and not being defined by something that you've done that was bad. Mm. I, I, I remember having a conversation with my husband when I told him I was going to do this and he panicked. Um, and initially I thought he was worried about my physical safety and security. And I thought, I'm a big girl. I can handle it. Did you see how tall I am? And I got the police hanging out with me. So we're good. Yeah. Um, and it was only after the first workshop I realized why my husband was worried. It wasn't about my physical. It was the mental and emotional strain. Um, I just want to take two steps back and just talk about the planning of the workshop. Yeah. So the point of the workshop was to go and showcase recipes that are relevant to me and my story. Mm -hmm. There are recipes that I make my way. Because you have to remember, there are, there are inmates in there that are from Palestine, from Jordan, from the UAE, who make food similar to what I do. And they're, they may come and say, uh, excuse me, why are you teaching me my food? Mm. So the point of the message was, it's my memories associated because I want you to share your memories. Okay. So the workshop evolved into a, a workshop of getting their emotions into play mm -hmm. so they could share their stories, which we would use for the book. Mm -hmm. Then the second part of the workshop was choosing recipes that we could cook considering that there was no kitchen for us to work in. Mm. So I was very grateful to collaborate with Tavola. They supplied us with all of the equipment. We, we got air fryers and Instapots. And I used those as the reference of what kind of recipes I could make. And we had to prepare everything in advance. So no knives. Initially, we were going to make samosas with rolling pins. And at the last second, we were like, oh, no rolling pins. We're going to just get uh, the samosa sheets. And it's not to say that Anything, we were expecting anything to go wrong, but these are just the limitations of the of mm. of the correctional facilities which which we had to comply with. Yeah, and um, so all of a sudden, your mind starts to think about things that you would never think of. Yeah. So when we finally made it into the uh, facility, obviously we had to give a, a a very long checklist of what we were bringing. We had to count every item that we brought in. We had to count every item that went out. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a very interesting experience because. I walked in as a teacher and I saw them as my students. I didn't see them. I chose not to see them as inmates because I wanted that one hour, two hour of the workshop to be a space of just positive space. I don't want to see you as what you are defined by. I'm not here to judge you. There is a system for whatever crime you've done. They've acknowledged that. I'm here just to be your teacher and that's it. Um, it was hard for me after the first day when I was working in the with the woman because I saw them. And they were just normal people. I We weren't allowed to know what they did. Mm -hmm. There were inmates that were in prison for a week and some who've been in there for over 10, 15 years. But they were normal. They were very nice. They were relatable. And I remember when the, the workshop started, we were all very um, reserved and nervous. 
And then towards the end, there was it was just a very jovial, very loving space. We're laughing, we're joking, we're like teasing each other. Um, and it was just really nice. And and then the end, the 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 the, the police the head police who was responsible for the workshop came and did this whole ceremony and uh, made everyone come. And it was just a very, very loving, very grateful, very, very just humbling space to be in. So I remember driving home thinking, whoa, I've just left with a lot of baggage. Yeah. And I think that's what my husband knew because he knows I'm a very sensitive and emotional person, although sometimes I like to act like really tough. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he knew that was where I would... Uh, struggle in, mm -hmm. and I had to just really spend every day after every workshop just to kind of cleanse my energy and just not bring back home the 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 heaviness that's from the prison mm. or from the facility. You know, you said that you were the teacher and you saw them as your students, but I'm sure, like as you said, that you you got so much out of this. What did they teach you? Um, what do you think you've taken away from this experience? Um, they're resilient. Uh, it's I mean. You go in there. It's we saw the best side of it, and I have a lot of respect for the inmates because it's not the ideal place anyone wants to hang out with. As as nice as the space is made to be, um, you are behind bars and you are controlled. Um, but they just make do, and you see the camaraderie, you see the friendships between the inmates. I think you see hope for them. And, and, and that gives you some kind of, you, their hope makes you hopeful. Mm. Um, and I, and, 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 and another group that I think are forgotten and, and, and really need to be highlighted, I think for me is the police officers. Um, I think Dubai has one of the nicest set of police anywhere in the world. I mean, the way they treat Obviously, they're very strict. Mm. Obviously, they have to be protective of themselves and protective of the other inmates. You can see that they're working in a very stressful environment and they do it with a smile and and they do it with pleasantry. And, and, and I know it was in show when we were there because I just saw that there is, there is that lightness in, in interaction between the inmates and the police officers, you know that this is, they've been together for 10, 15 years, some of them. So they've built relationships with each other and there are respectful boundaries, but there's a lightheartedness to it, which I thought kind of gave me a nice sense of calm, I think. We'll take a quick break and be right back with more. Stay with us. We wanted to take a minute to tell you about our delicious Spinney's Food olive oil, which comes from the 120-year-old Basso family farms in Italy, which is now a fifth-generation business. Davina, if you remember my masterclass with Matthew Jones of Bread Ahead, this is the olive oil we use to make the focaccia. I remember that. It was delicious. Yes, and part of the reason for that is their use of the Arbequino olive grown in Italy. Here's Federico Basso. The Arbequino olive is usually used in blends because it's very sweet and it has that almond taste, which is very different from the typical strong Italian olive oils that we have. So we use it in blend in order to provide our customers with a product that is uh, as balanced as possible. So it's not too aggressive, but it's also not too plain. We want to find the perfect match in order to satisfy our clients, also in terms of uh, organolectic features of our products. 
Here's a fun fact. Federico's father, Sabino, eats extra virgin olive oil and bread every morning for breakfast, sometimes with a spoonful of sugar. And didn't you say that he's run many marathons? Clearly, that's the trick. We source their extra virgin olive oil, a truffle-infused evu, and a signature Mediterranean blended oil as well. So you should definitely grab a bottle of Spinney's Food olive oil the next time you're in store. And tell us what you think. Welcome back. I'm Tiffany Eslick, and you're listening to Nourished by Spinney's and my conversation with Zara Abdallah. So you were sharing recipes from your background and were you getting inmates to help you make them or were you demonstrating them? How did it work? So the recipes I specifically chose were recipes that could obviously be cooked in an Instant Pot and Air Fryer. First of all, I chose a fatouche salad. And I know it's a very simple salad, but I just wanted them to have greens and vegetables. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we used, uh, we, we, we prepared croutons. Uh, and that was air fried. So that was one recipe. Then the second recipe was samosas. So we did beef samosa with, um, initially we were going to do homemade dough, but I, I just bought the, 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 the ready-made samosa paper. Mm -hmm. And uh, the third recipe was melfouf, which is stuffed mm -hmm. cabbage. And final recipe was an apple crumble cake. The reason why I chose the samosas and the malfouf is because I wanted something that would let them use their hands. I needed that tactile movement because I think that it's a very calming um, calming movement. I mean, I've worked on different projects with children of special needs, and it's just incredible to watch how calm a an autistic child or a child with uh, Down syndrome will get when they're doing something with their hand. So I wanted the same for the inmates. And so that was uh, a really nice space where they just kind of zoned out and they were just busy with their hands, rolling and doing. And then the final recipe was, you know, there's nothing more pleasant than walking into a house and smelling cinnamon. Mm. And I wanted that comforting smell for them. Uh, my God, it was one of the hardest recipes to perfect. I think we trialed that recipe maybe a good 15 times. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard of a recipe being trialed 15 times. The same recipe, but we just had to rev like figure out which pan to use, how deep it had to be, what timing we had to do. I mean, it was a hard recipe to do, mm. but we did it. Like, for example, we didn't put the crumble on the cake because the crumble would have burnt in the air fryer. So we just folded the crumble in. So it wasn't really a crumble cake anymore. It was an apple cake. Mm -hmm. But you know what? They were just happy. Yeah. At, and I remember one of the sessions, it didn't even cook through properly. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm going to take it. They're like, no, don't take it. We're eat and they ate literally a raw cake. Oh, my goodness. Like it was yeah. still gooey in the middle. But what was nice is that they weren't focused on the recipe itself. It was just the therapeutic element of it. Mm. And then what we did was while the food was finally cooking, I, we gave them sheets. And we said, can everyone just kind of tap into a memory? Mm. Food for me is, uh, is the recipes I like to create are kind of, some of them are to remind me of my, my favorite childhood moments. Um, and I think of nostalgic memories that I want to recreate for my children. So for me, I wanted, to, I wanted the inmates to share their stories as a reminder to the readers of the book that, you know, these people are human. Mm. They they have mothers and fathers and children. They have stories. Um, they're people who did bad things but aren't bad people. 
And so if we can remember that, there is an opportunity for them to feel redemption so that they can one day come back into society. Because a lot of them will come out of prison. But the worst thing is to feel like you're a bad person. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's it's a story of hope. And, and I hope that this will maybe change the way the general population sees inmates. It was really interesting. Most people, when I told them I was doing this project, were very very happy mm. they were very happy about what a po positive impactful initiative it was um very few were very judgmental and said well why would you help them they did something bad yeah and and i'm hoping to be part of the discourse that will maybe allow them to consider seeing a different perspective absolutely yeah and do you feature some of their recipes as well in the so book? the book is all their, all their memories recipes. okay all, so yeah so some so some of the recipes are actually the inmates' recipes. So for example, um, we have a Ukrainian uh, pancake, and it was the inmates' actual recipe. It's it's a healthy version of a traditional recipe, so that was theirs. Um, some of the recipes are memories. So for example, one inmate um, who was from the UK said he missed his mom's roast turkey dinner. Okay, yeah. So. It, that recipe is my recipe, but inspired by his memories. Okay. So it's a mixture of 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 different types of recipes, but the focus is the stories behind the recipes. I think that's more important. Okay. Yeah. And how long did it take to shoot and design and and get that written right? I think we uh, we had to kind of spread our tentacles <laughs> yeah. on this project. Um, and just get a lot of people on board. Mm -hmm. So the the workshops were organized in July, August, end of July. The recipes were finalized by first week of November. Mm -hmm. The recipes were then sent to South Africa, and our food stylist, Caitlin, literally rolled them out in 10 days. Wow. No three days yeah and then it took another few weeks for it to be laid out then we had the indexing mm -hmm. so we're in the final stretch <laughs> yeah i mean indexing is bad if i know from having done a cookbook um but yeah i'm so that's yeah the final stretch it's, it's always hard to believe that it's you know going to come off that press you're going to have this amazing book yeah yeah um and so you're going to be talking about this at emirates lit fest yes february 3rd there's going to be a workshop mm -hmm. and then on february 6th we're going to do another session at the uh, correctional facilities and I've chosen three recipes and we're inviting all the inmates to taste what they've created and mm -hmm. to share with them the book so they can see what what they've contributed to. Oh. And uh, yeah, so it's very exciting. No, that is exciting and well done for taking part in something like this. You Thank know? you. Um, yeah. So I know you're super busy. So in addition <laughs> to having done this, you launched a number of snack foods, yes. which launched at Spinney's and now I've gone to other retailers. Yes. Um, you've also redone your website. Yes. Um, can you tell me a bit about that? Because I know you sort of really, you've, you've built this community with your blog, but now you're taking the website to the next level. What are you doing with that? So I started my blog in 2010. And then when the Instagram hype came, I kind of neglected my blog for a few years and was focusing on just sharing all my content on Instagram. Last year, I made a decision to revamp my blog. 
um, and to really take a focus on why I started this. The whole point of writing, starting my blog was to serve a community of friends. Today, that community is much larger, um, but the intention is the same, is to be of service. But I also want this not to be a blog only about me, but I really want to feature my community. Um, so I have a lifestyle section where it's going to highlight key different elements of the community. Because in the end of the day, I am a person that loves to cook, but I also love fashion. I love mental health. Uh, I love to travel. I love to eat at restaurants. I love uh, different wellness um, programs. Um, so I want to feature the community as part of this. So there's going to be a segment called the Tastemakers, mm -hmm. which you're going to be my first um, interviewee. Thank you. I'm very honored. I'm so excited <laughs> to have you on it. And I want to interview every month key um, key people who have contributed to to the different elements of what Dubai is today. Mm. Um, so I'm calling it my tastemakers segment. And then we're going to have a section on hosting tips because, you know, when Ramadan comes around the corner, people want ideas and tips. So it's very much content that's serving the community, um, celebrating the community. Um, so I'd like to, I've reached out to, to a, a well-known um, event planner, mm -hmm. uh, Zainab Saleh from Carousel Events, for example, and she's going to share her tips um, and I think when it becomes this community collaboration, mm. it's just much more exciting and much more interesting. And and I'm excited about it. So hopefully it gets a lot of positive feedback. I, I think it will. <laughs> and is there another book in the midst? Or? I am actually working <laughs> on my third yeah, one. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> How's that going? Um, I'm a very deadline-oriented person. Yeah. So I, I've put end of March as my deadline to have my stuff so if everything goes well mm -hmm. there are some key elements that that i need to kind of have aligned but if everything goes well the ambition is that by december it'll be out okay wow that is ambitious that's okay. ambitious but you can do it so <laughs> i hold no doubt <laughs> <laughs> the problem is i don't know how to sit still yeah um i am someone who thrives when i'm constantly moving and there are times when i slow down but i just don't like slowing down. Um, I did an energy uh, mapping session and someone said, well, you're just a generator. Mm -hmm. And and that's what I am. I am just constantly generating. So now I've just, I'm learning how to plan. So we've actually now, the team and I have the first six months of the year already planned out. We know what we're doing. Mm. And I actually feel much more calmer mm -hmm. because now it's just execution mode and let's do it. So... So it's really important, but I also try to make times where I, I plan unplanned mm. time. <laughs> if that makes any sense? Yes. Yeah. Schedule and in spontaneity. Yeah. That's yeah. it. It's ridiculous, but it's true. It's yeah. important um, because you know I, you know, um, my husband uh, lives in works in Kuwait, so he's only here on the weekends. Mm. I have three children, and I've got two businesses that I'm running, so. It's a lot in one person's plate. Um, 
and it can be done, but it's got to be structured and organized. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, good luck with everything. Thank and you. I can't wait to see the second book yes. um, and in this third one. Uh -huh. um, and now I cannot wait to eat some of your cake that oh, I know yes. is in the kitchen. Um, yeah. And when you said you're a feeder, I love that about you. Whenever <laughs> I come here, I leave with like jars of rose jam or, you know, a bag of rice or something. So thank you for being a feeder and please don't ever stop. Thank you. <laughs> It was quite moving to hear about the book that she's been working on and the way that she's looking at it as well, uh, how it is about capturing memories, but also redemption. She is just a genuinely lovely person and I really loved hearing about this project and getting to know some of the behind the scenes, you know, what was involved. You can catch Zahra during Emirates Lit Fest on Friday, 3rd of February at the Intercontinental in Dubai Festival City. I know I'll be there. This episode was brought to you by Spinneys and is hosted by me, Tiffany Eslick and Davina Davicha. We're produced by Chirag Desai and artwork is by Michelle Clements and Jihan Youssef. You can follow Spinneys on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok for more and visit us at spinneys.com where you can shop for fresh produce and a variety of local and exclusive products as well as Zara's latest snack range. We'll be back in two weeks with our next episode talking to Nahla Taba. See you then!